0: YouTube Power Hour Squad. Erica here with another episode for you. I got another interview for you. And this one is with YouTuber Lucy, who's from the Netherlands. So before we dive into her interview and her bio, I want to welcome all of my wonderful, amazing listeners. You're awesome. You tune in week after week. Thank you for that. And thank you for spreading the news of what the YouTube Power Hour is, because I love getting messages from people saying, "Oh, a friend introduced me to your podcast, and I love it," and blah blah blah. So thank you for that. And also to my newbies, if you are on YouTube thinking about going on YouTube, this is a place for you. This is a place where you will learn about YouTube, where you will get inspirational stories, and just see what it's like because we pull back the curtain and reveal what it's really like to have success on YouTube. And if you are listening to me for the millionth time and you haven't given me a review, please do so. Please, please, please stop this recording and leave a review, hopefully a positive one, but obviously be honest. <laughs> and the reviews help so, 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 so much. Also, I love seeing you guys listening to the podcast. So wherever, however you're listening, snap a pic and share it on your Insta and tag me. I'm still Beauty in the Vlog on Instagram, because I love seeing you guys out and about and listening. I've seen lots of fun ways you guys listen to the podcast. I don't know about you, but I listen to podcasts in general when I'm cleaning, when I'm getting ready in the morning, when I'm doing dishes and on my walks. So I and driving Yeah, There's lots of ways. All right, so this episode is with Lucy. Her channel is actually called Loopsie. Lucy is a 25-year-old content creator from the Netherlands and brings an alternative approach to beauty on her YouTube channel. On her channel titled Loopsy, she does mostly hair tutorials where she teaches people how to braid, pin and style their own hair, as well as recreate hairstyles from movies and television shows. She also does lifestyle and beauty videos ranging from wearable everyday looks, makeup tips, and DIY natural Natural beauty treatments to fashion lookbooks, vegetarian recipes, and more extreme Halloween tutorials. She also has a wonderful series based on historical makeup and hairstyling that are passion projects for her. Lucy currently has nearly 450,000 subscribers and 57 million video views on her channel. Lucy gets really honest. She's been on YouTube for a little bit, and she gets honest about her struggles with YouTube. So I think you'll really like kind of her vulnerability that she shares here with me on the podcast. So enjoy the interview, and I will see you soon. Mwah. Well, hello, Lucy. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having
0: me. Yes, I'm very excited to have you on. In spite of the time difference, we're able to make this work. <laughs> <laughs> So before we dive into your interview, why don't we get started with letting everybody know a little bit about yourself and what inspired you to get onto YouTube? All right, then.
1: I am Lucy. I live in the Netherlands. Um, let's see. I started out on YouTube, it's going to be 10 years this month, actually. 10 years ago.
0: Wow. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, well, initially, I it kind of just happened. Um, I was in an IT class in high school. Back then I was still in high school. And we were asked to make a website. And I was following a few beauty blogs at the time. It was kind of the big era of beauty blogs. And it was really popular. Um, so I knew straight away that I wanted to make a beauty blog myself. And it was also the time when kind of many beauty bloggers started making YouTube videos as well as kind of like a complement to the blog. So, uh, when I did make my kind of like beauty blog for the school assignment, I knew I wanted to make a video as well to go with it. Cause it was just what everybody did. So I recorded a few videos. They were terrible. Um, they were in Dutch. I did it on my webcam <laughs> and it was just, yeah, really bad in general, but I enjoyed making them so much. I really loved doing it. So then after the assignment was done, I decided to delete those videos, kind of start over and make new videos with like a good camera that I borrowed from my parents and in English so that I could
0: actually reach
1: an audience. And that's kind of how it started.
0: So this was 10 years ago. Yeah. So at the time, (laughs) oh my gosh, oh my gosh. So you you thought, hey, you know, people are doing beauty and stuff. I'll I'll just go ahead and do that.
1: Well, I was always really interested in beauty, um, I believe. I'm not sure, I think it was after that, that I did my makeup artist, Um, I got my license and everything, Mm -hmm. but yeah, beauty has always been something that was very present in my life, so, and also at the time, because that's where my videos kind of started, I was active on this forum online um, for women with very long hair, Mm -hmm. and it was just kind of sharing tips on hair care, and like different hairstyles and everything, Um, and I was really interested in that, so I thought I would make kind of videos translating those hair tips and everything mm. into a video format. And there wasn't really anything like that on YouTube at the time. So I was kind of filling this void in the internet, I thought.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I mean 10 years ago, that that that's crazy. I'm sure you've seen a lot of progression with YouTube over those ten years. And and we can talk about that later. But uh back to your story. So you know you were uh, in high school, you uploaded your first video um it wasn't the best quality, but eventually you said you bought you bought a, a camera
1: I borrowed it off my oh, parents. you borrowed it
0: oh my gosh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my gosh so uh so then how w- were you consistent at the time we were you just uploading whenever
1: Not at all oh, i I just i don't know maybe like once to two months or something
0: mm-hmm. um consistency wasn't really a thing back then no it the wasn't show, I think. yeah, it wasn't yeah. And so you, okay, so you were just kind of doing your thing. Like 10 years ago, it was very much, it was very much like, uh, just, it was a different, it was just a different. It was so casual. It was just a
1: hobby for everyone on there. There wasn't even an option to make money back then. I remember that. No. It was just, it was completely like a hobby thing. Just like running a blog was, um, yeah, no, no way to money, no money to be made. Whatsoever. So so
0: fast forward to the moment when you realize, hey, this is something I can really make a career on. At what point was that in your YouTube career?
1: Well, I remember I started seeing other people um, doing like the first kind of sponsored videos and everything, and they were getting free stuff, and I was like, this is crazy! <laughs> like people are getting free things for this, and it's really mm-hmm. cool. And then uh, at one time, I remember it was in 2010, I believe. I got an email from Google, actually, um, saying that they had selected me, like personally had selected me to be part of their partner program, which had just kind of started, mm-hmm. um, and that I could start making you know, money of my YouTube videos. And I thought it was really cool. And then kind of as I saw the whole thing grow and the platform grow, and I noticed that people were actually making a career out of this, I thought that that would be something I would really enjoy doing um, and that I could see myself doing as a career for at least a considerable considerable part of my life.
0: Yeah. And so uh, at that point, did you, is that where you were doing full-time YouTube? Or were you also going to school or doing something else? Not yet. Um, I believe this was around the
1: end of high school for me. So I still went through university after that. I decided to, you know, just go through all of my education. Yes. Um, but when I graduated university, that's when I went full-time with my YouTube channel. Yeah.
0: And so then where were you at your, with your channel at that point, once you decided to go full time, how many subscribers did you have? Uh, How often were you uploading? I
1: was very consistent then for years. Um, Yeah, I, I believe I did like two or three videos a week for years before that as well um I, yeah i was pretty serious with my channel anyway it, it i was already making money off of it mm-hmm. um even though i wasn't doing it full time like i had my studies next to it but um i i ooh, how many subscribers i don't know maybe like
0: 70,000? 50,000? Mm-hmm. oh okay along those lines and when was this um this was 2014 okay okay I'm not mistaken. yeah So, I mean, you've been at this for a while. I mean, you look at you now, you got, I think, almost 400,000 subscribers or... Yeah, a little bit over. A little over yeah. 400,000. Yeah. And people see like, oh my God, that's great. I want to get that. And you see people all the time, you know, starting, you know, last year and they're able to grow 100, 200,000 subscribers. Oh but my you-
1: gosh. <laughs> I have no idea how to do that. That is absolutely incredible to me. It took me 10 years. <laughs> yeah.
0: And I think it's, you know, I like to have people on who've had all different types of journeys, right? Because there's people that, that start today and, you know, they get discouraged if they're not growing really fast because all they see mm-hmm. is these people that are growing super fast but the reality is a lot of people that have achieved success on YouTube they have been at it for quite some time.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, and like in in your case what uh like how have you been in regards to your growth? Do you feel that it's you're kind of right where you're supposed to be? Uh like h- how do you feel about where you're at today? I'm actually
1: really happy with where I'm at.
0: Yeah. Um yeah, I, I'm pretty
1: happy with this number. Um, it, it, I feel comfortable with it. I'm not sure I'm the type for millions of subscribers. I think it would make me a little bit uncomfortable, uh, like being recognized on the street just everywhere and everything. That's not really something I aspire to. Let's put it that way. Um, I enjoy kind of being able to do this as a job, but still having a normal life beside that. So I actually quite enjoy not being famous for lack of a better
0: word. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, in a way, like, you know, you have 400-something thousand subscribers, you're still able to kind of maintain your, like you said, uh, normalcy in life. You're not one of those people that, you know, millions of subscribers, people are like, oh my God. Like, they're they're like celebrities. Yeah, definitely. And so you're in the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. And so do you, is your channel only English or do you also... Uh, speak another language on your channel
1: it is English only I mm-hmm. had a second channel that was all in Dutch for a while um, but I kind of let that go How-
0: <laughs> so now it's just English only again so why did you decide to do that Ooh, um
1: well I started it as kind of an experiment I wanted to see if I could build you know a viewership in the Netherlands as well mm-hmm. and um yeah maybe kind of enter into the Dutch YouTube scene a little bit more because I've Mm -hmm. been here for 10 years and like people still kind of don't know who I am so I thought maybe it would be fun to kind of be present more in that so I tried to make a Dutch channel but I noticed very quickly that I was reaching a very different audience than what I'm used to on my English channel um I noticed pretty young children started watching my videos and uh I wasn't really sure how to deal with that. The Dutch YouTube audience is very, very young Mm. and um, very active, and they can be absolutely ruthless in the comments as well, I have to admit. I'm not used to that on my English channel. I have the best audience, I have such nice viewers, I rarely ever get hate comments. And I got those a lot more on my Dutch channel, just because the viewers are so young and kind of just blabbing out whatever they wanted to say. And also because they were so young, I was missing the kind of, I have very valuable conversations with my viewers on my English channel. And Mm -hmm. I speak about more adult topics and just the way I speak and the words I use are not necessarily geared towards children. So I was a little bit uncomfortable with that audience and it wasn't giving me what I was hoping for. So um, at the same time, this was around the time that my English channel kind of blew up because I made... A video about how I cut my own bangs, hmm. which went kind of viral-ish. Um, so that blew up. So I decided to just drop the Dutch channel and go back and focus solely on the English channel.
0: That's so interesting that, that you said that about the Dutch channel. And I guess it makes sense, you know, that, uh, you know, I think... There's a lot in other countries. There's still a lot of people still getting on to YouTube. You know, still, uh, especially a little bit older generation. Like the young generation are always the first to yeah. adapt to certain things. And you know, here in the U.S., I feel like definitely like YouTube is definitely something at first that first that more younger people were into. But now it's such a, a normalcy. It's such a part of so many people's lives. People see it as a resource. People of all ages go on to YouTube. And it is really interesting that you know your experience with with the Dutch uh, audience.
1: Yeah, definitely. And it was I, so unexpected too.
0: <laughs> really?
1: Yeah, I, I I don't know why, but I just wasn't expecting this at all. I thought maybe because this isn't really an audience that I attract on my English channel at mm-hmm. all, and I have pretty much been doing the same thing for ten years. And I did a very similar thing on my Dutch channel as well. So I'm I'm not really sure what happened there. How it kind of went there but it did and i yeah i was i was a little bit disappointed i'm gonna be honest there
0: have you spoken with other dutch youtubers to see if that's a similar experience for them
1: i have i am part of a network here in the netherlands Mm -hmm. so i've of course spoken to them and then other youtubers kind of through them and uh i've kind of come to the conclusion that this is something that dutch youtubers or beauty vloggers i guess um just accept okay it is just part of the deal for them, um, which I can completely understand. If, if I hadn't had the experience with my English channel before, knowing that there's kind of like an alternative to all of that, I would have been you know, very happy with um, the audience that I did have because it did grow pretty quickly. I was pretty happy with the numbers. But I, yeah, just the, the type of person that was watching my videos, I found it hard to interact with. But um, I do believe that most Dutch beauty YouTubers do make their videos for a little bit of a younger audience. Um, very consciously, yeah.
0: yes. So it, it, it's a thing then that that a lot of people experience. That that's just generally the audience. It, it Excuse me. Yeah, younger. it is. It is. Yeah. yeah, and it's interesting because I've I've worked with people here that have uh, channels that that tend to attract a younger audience and. Those, unfortunately, which kind of, it, it, it tells you like, God, what's going on with our youth today? But unfortunately, they, they're just more, a little more ruthless in, yeah. you know, in, in their comments. They're just not mm-hmm. mature yet. And so they, they, I think, you know, young people maybe forget that there's an actual human being, uh, somebody on the other side that they just, I don't know, spat it out. But it, yeah. it does seem to be the norm for channels that attract a very young audience that they just have to deal with more hate.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's my experience as well. And I do Mm -hmm. think it's because um, they don't really realize that it's, you know, yeah, like you said, an actual person, I believe Mm -hmm. they view it more like a a character in
0: a show or something. Yeah yeah they don't understand that yeah so okay you you touched a little bit on it but we can go deeper there you know one of the questions I always ask is was there a tipping point with your channel that took your channel to the next level like a video video went viral collaboration it sounds like you had a viral video
1: yeah I have two of those points actually I had a video like way in the beginning which is what made me um, realize that I could actually do this, you know, or, or pursue this further, um, as more than just a hobby, was I made a series of videos. I believe there were two, just just two videos about sock buns. Um, and that was before even the trend with these with the sock, no, not the sock, just the hair donuts, you know, those mm-hmm. meshy hair donuts. Mm-hmm. Um, even like, right before those were really popular, I made a video about how to essentially do the same thing, but use a, an old sock that mm-hmm. you cut up and roll up, and then you just roll your hair around it. And that video was very popular for, you know, that time. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, hundreds of thousands of views, which was a lot back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of really brought a lot of attention to my channel. And then the second kind of tipping point was not that long ago, I believe it was... 2016 like the end of 2016 and that was the how you know um what was it called cutting my own Mm bangs? oh my god or something like that Mm um which for some reason i still don't understand to this day why that happened but that blew up uh, millions of views and that kind of was the second wave of my channel as i like to call it
0: Wow. Wow, so uh, yeah, it's, it just seems so simple, right? Cutting your own bangs, like, you're like, what? Yeah, but that's the thing, you never know. You I never have so know. many
1: videos that I'm so proud of that are, like, really, like, heavy production and I put a lot of work in and research and everything, editing, and those, like, barely get any attention at all, like 15,000 views, mm-hmm. and then there's a super simple video where I'm just like, okay, guys, I don't want to do this without, like, telling you, so I'm just going to sit down and cut my bangs, and I'm really nervous about it. And it's a 10-minute 10 10 minute video where I'm essentially just, being really nervous about having to cut my own bangs and then I
0: do it. And that one got millions and millions of views. And I just have no
1: idea why.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's so hard to tell. And you know, one thing is, you know, you're definitely, you're always one video away from a viral video. You know, that's, Mm -hmm. it's something that you just, you always have to keep in mind and you just never know what video is going to hit yeah. um, for, and it's
1: never the one you want to do <laughs>
0: yeah right and I know and all the people that say oh yeah this video we're like I don't even look good and now everyone's seeing it and I and I yeah. didn't even put much time into it but the thing is is that if you have a, a body of work that's that's worthy to be subscribed to then if people come on to that video and they're like okay well let me check her out and they're like well She's got some other really good content. I'll go ahead and subscribe, so yeah, definitely. it's definitely that's what you're hoping for, yeah, that's what you're hoping for because sometimes you know some people are randomly uploading and they might get lucky and randomly hit and get a viral video, but they don't really have anything else on their channel, and people might see that and not subscribe or they subscribe and then they'll never tune in again or you know uh your, your channel really isn't set up to have that loyal engaged audience, so uh it, you just never know, you never never know, yeah. Um, the other question that I always ask is what do you struggle with with your YouTube channel?
1: Well, I have a very specific struggle. I have um, a very strange, I dare say, kind of ratio between subscribers and viewers. So I have these few viralish videos, I'd like to say, with, that have a couple of million views. And mm-hmm. then most of my videos, like, yeah, most, the, the grand majority of my videos very little views, um, way less than you would expect with my subscriber count. So I have mm. over 400,000 subscribers, but an average video of mine gets like 10, 15,000 views, mm. um, which is much less than I would expect. So that is kind of something that I've been struggling with since the beginning of my YouTube channel. I have called in help from like different people mm-hmm. to maybe really figure out why that is. Um, but so far, no one has been able to really figure that out or. Um, tell me you know why this is happening and how I could change it so that is something that I'm definitely still working on Um, and it it kind of gets better or worse with time comes in
0: waves (laughs) yeah and
1: yeah that is yeah that's something odd about my channel that I'm not really sure where it comes from
0: how long have you noticed that going on
1: since the beginning ever since Mm. that first video that got popular the sock donut one um, I've had this problem and it's only getting worse now that I gain more subscribers. Uh, my subscribers grow way faster than my views do on like um, every single video. So I have like, I have these couple of videos that do really well, that, that have a few million views and those keep gaining views really quickly, but then all of my other videos don't. So I feel like, I almost feel like there are so many people who subscribe to my channel and then and don't not watch any of in. my other content. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, they see your viral video, they subscribe to that, and then they forget about you, and then they don't watch, and they haven't built that relationship with you. As like, I I do,
1: I do suspect that that's what's going on here. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely. That's yeah, that's interesting. That's definitely it's that's you know it's it's not a struggle that you're alone with. I know there's quite a few people that you know are in your same boat that have a large subscriber base, but they're not getting the views, and they're constantly trying to figure out, okay, how do I get those views? How do I engage? my existing subscribers. And it can definitely be a challenge for sure. Um, okay. So yeah, and, and we could talk later. I could take a look at your channel and <laughs> give you some insight too. Oh, that'd uh, be wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> um, and so, uh, yeah, cause I, I definitely know it's something a lot of times it, it goes, but you've only had two viral videos, but a lot of times it goes with the people that have had these viral videos and, and they attract an audience. So, um, yeah, and what your what your channel is mainly about hair, right?
1: Yeah, mostly hair. I do some lifestyle stuff, and then I have a whole separate section of like um, historical beauty, so mm-hmm. hair and makeup, but focused on history and kind of education in that way.
0: Yeah, but I imagine though you still have a pretty loyal, engaged community, just oh, not as definitely. large as you thought it would be.
1: Yeah, I, I believe like with my loyal subscribers and engage engagement, mm-hmm. um, I. My channel should be around maybe fifty thousand subscribers.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh wow!
1: Yeah, that's that's what I, my, I'm guessing, like mm-hmm. comparing to other channels. Um, so I'm just wondering what the other
0: what everybody else is doing. 000
1: people. Are doing. Yeah, yeah,
0: definitely, It's definitely something to to look into for sure. Uh, but you know, you still you said you're you're making this your full this is your full time job.
1: It is. Yes. So
0: are you mainly relying on the AdSense, or do you work with companies and brands as well? Well, for me, it's definitely mainly
1: AdSense. Um, I do have the occasional sponsorship here and there, Mm -hmm. but it's kind of uh, difficult for me to find good, like big sponsors. People usually use their networks for that or have like kind of this um, middleman that, you know, does that for them. But since I am located in the Netherlands and my network is Dutch as well, um, it's hard for them to find brands in the Netherlands, you know, that they are affiliated with that would hire me for a, Uh, campaign because i have a very international audience and my my audience is very international Uh, i believe i have a huge chunk of viewers in india Mm. and then i have a huge chunk of viewers in america and then uk and germany and kind of just all over the place so there aren't many brands that want to cater to an audience that wide Mm -hmm. so that's kind of my biggest struggle with sponsorships but luckily i um can rely on adsense mainly and that kind of still works for me right now
0: and with your topic of what you talk about on your, your videos, I imagine you have not really been affected by the apocalypse. Luckily, not at all.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I got very lucky with that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have very family friendly content. Mm-hmm. Um, I do make that a priority. I have been doing that since the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, this hasn't affected me at all.
0: Yeah. Because I mean, for the people that really rely mainly on AdSense that were affected by that, I mean, that 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 that's
1: oh yes that was horrible mm-hmm. i can imagine yeah
0: mm. yeah but that makes sense about the the sponsorships it does make it a little bit difficult when you're you're in a country you know like the netherlands where you know where is it in the u.s it's like you've got all these u.s based companies and if your audience is you know 70 percent u.s and they're fine yeah. with that but uh do you work do you have a network at all that you're part of yes i do i do and do they try and help you find that kind of stuff
1: Um, they do try, but it's, I mean, they have a pretty decent pool of very well-known Dutch YouTubers, Mm. um, that I have to compete with for every campaign. So it hasn't been very successful so far. Let's put it that way.
0: Oh, and so are the, the Dutch YouTubers, so are they, they're, they're speaking Dutch with their channels. Yes. Yes. Dutch language. Yeah. Is that part of the reason why you decided to try that out?
1: It is actually, yes. I was hoping to be able to kind of get more campaigns that way. Um but I think in order to do that I would have had to keep going with that a little bit longer.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Have you would you ever consider going back to doing that? Maybe. Yeah. Um if I do find some
1: new inspiration because I did notice that I just at a after a certain amount of time I just didn't enjoy making videos for my Dutch channel anymore. Yeah. And I always feel like that shows in the video. Oh. Like you can see when the person isn't enjoying it anymore. So at that point, I was like, I just need to stop. I need to take a break, think about it. And then I decided to just not go back because I wasn't able to find that passion again that I did have in the beginning of my channel. So yeah, I just kind of just gave it up. But if I do ever find that spark again, or I find like something fun and exciting that I could do on that channel, then definitely I would like to start it back up.
0: Totally. Yeah. And you were talking about the same stuff, right? the same You said you were talking about the same topic, the hair and everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, In general, I did.
1: Yeah, beauty. I did a little bit more makeup over there and a little bit more lifestyle as well. Um, But not very different. I mean, at least in style, I thought uh, to my English channel.
0: You know, it's so important that you have that inspiration because you're right. I mean, people can sense immediately if you've lost the passion, if you lost that interest, it translates on screen and then you fall flat. Like people don't Necessarily want to. It's it's not really a conscious thing. I think it's subconscious. But people just don't want to watch people that are not super enthusiastic and inspired by what they're doing.
1: Yeah, you can always tell. I feel like you can always tell. I often see this with other YouTubers as well, and it never takes long. Like between that point when you start to notice and when they announce that they're taking a break Mm -hmm. or kind of like doing things completely differently or just leaving YouTube altogether, you can always tell.
0: Yeah, that's the case. You can, and you do see a lot of YouTubers, even big ones, that will say, I need to take a break. I need to take some time, yeah. time off for myself. I'm going to pivot. I, I was talking about this and now I'm going to talk about this. Uh, you, you have to. I mean, it goes goes with anything. And then a lot of people, you know, even someone like yourself, they start YouTube years ago when they were a certain place in their life and they had a certain interest. And as they evolve and grow as, a, as an adult, then their interest changes. And you know, maybe talking about what they were talking about five years ago doesn't interest them anymore. And then they're, they're, they've created this audience based upon that interest interests but now they're like, okay I can't I can't upload another video about you know XYZ I just can't do it mm. and a lot of times they end up just saying, hey I'm gonna either start over or I'm gonna do something totally different and I don't care if if I lose yeah. everything just because I'm so not fulfilled that it's not about the money it's not about being YouTube famous it's really about like your personal fulfillment
1: yeah, definitely I feel like that's a huge part of it mm-hmm. of, of just making YouTube videos you have to have that passion for whatever it is that you are telling people. It needs to, you have to have that spark. And that's what makes a good YouTube channel, in my opinion. Yeah. I think we can see that the person is really passionate about what they're telling or what they're, what they're talking about.
0: Definitely. So how do you come up with, to continue to stay inspired, how do you come up with video ideas and video topics?
1: Well, I slightly make changes over time, very gradually. <laughs> um I do try to keep kind of a focus on beauty, so hair, makeup, um, mostly hair. But I do shift the topics of that slightly throughout the ages. So first, when I started out, I was making like very specifically hair tutorials for long hair, like people that wanted to grow their hair very, very long. So no heat, um, no chemicals. Like there was all these rules that I brought over from the forum, um, and I was applying those to my channel, and then after a while I kind of let those rules go and I started doing like different things and then I started doing fantasy inspired hairstyles like hairstyles from movies and things like that and then when I kind of grew tired of all the fantasy hairstyles and kind of my inspirations dried out then I slowly shifted towards historical hairstyles and hmm. talking about that a little bit more and there is still so much to be discovered by me um in the historical kind of hairstyling world because there's like history is so long. Yeah, <laughs> there's so much that I can still do with that. So for now, I'm I'm happy with that. And then kind of next to that, I still do my kind of normal mainstreamish um, hair tutorials that speak to a little bit of a wider audience. Um, just to be sure that I also draw in new viewers that aren't necessarily interested in history only. Mm-hmm. Um, just like I am. I mean, I enjoy many different things, and I do like to make a place on my channel for multiple things that I enjoy talking about. If I only did hair, I don't think I'd be able to do this for 10 years. I do think I would have grown tired of it already.
0: Definitely. Definitely. Uh, yeah, that's great. You have to constantly be reinspired for sure. Yeah. Uh, all right. So now we have the next section of the interview and this is the best tips round. So I'll just, you know, ask you for your best tips and you just come out with, you know, a one one sentence answer. So the right. first is what is your best tip for starting a YouTube channel?
1: Starting a YouTube channel. Um, Pick a topic, pick a niche that you want to place yourself in. Uh, It can be something that already exists, or it can be something completely new. Just know what it is that you're doing on there. Have a clear kind of tagline, almost, I'd say. Mm -hmm. Um, Know what it is that you are going to present on your YouTube channel. And then, second of all, be consistent. (laughs) I feel like that is a really big thing on YouTube right now, uploading consistently. It doesn't have to be very frequent. But people have to know when you're coming out with a new video. And it also, I feel like, of course, I'm not sure. Nobody, no one really knows. But I feel like this is part of how the YouTube algorithm works at the moment. Um, the one that pushes your videos into the recommended section and kind of, um, you know, on the home screen and on the side of other videos. I believe it really helps if you upload consistently. So those two are my biggest tips for beginning YouTubers.
0: Those are great tips. How often do you upload?
1: uh at the moment i do it twice a week okay yeah yeah
0: what is your best tip for what not to do Ooh,
1: um i'd say don't do it for the for the fame or the money it's so cliche Mm. but i feel like that is true um i mean in some cases it can be successful if you go in with a super kind of businessy mindset But I feel like if you're just one person that really enjoys making YouTube videos, then that is definitely not the right thing to start off with. You have to just really enjoy it, have the passion, find that connection with your audience um, and find different things to kind of get fulfillment from than the money and the fame, because that might not come as soon as you expect it or it might not come at all. And then, you know, you won't want to feel like you've just wasted all that time and energy.
0: Be sure to do it because you really enjoy doing it. That's so, so true. I mean, that's such, that's such good advice. And I think there's a difference between going onto YouTube with a strategy and going on YouTube for the purpose of, you know, fame and money. And yeah, because you kind of have to have some kind of strategy today, if you want your videos to be seen, but you know, you can't, you can't go onto YouTube for fame or money that that that's a byproduct of really providing valuable content that people want to watch and creating a community yeah. and basically serving others the, the the fame and the money comes as a result of you serving a community on YouTube.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I feel like if, if that is your goal going into it, to yeah. gain fame and money, you are, you are going to be disappointed sooner or later. Totally. Uh,
0: what is your best tip for growing on YouTube?
1: I think, and this is something I'm really bad at myself, and this may be part of why I took so long to grow my YouTube channel, but collaborations with other YouTubers, that is the best way to grow your channel. Um, you instantly double your audience. When you put out a video on their channel as well as yours, Um, especially if you pick a YouTuber that makes similar content to yours, Mm -hmm. then you are very likely to reach an audience that might be interested in your videos as well. And that is a very, very easy way to attract loads of new viewers, especially when, you know, someone they are watching, their favorite YouTuber recommends someone else. They are very likely to go over there, check you out and then like your videos and subscribe. So that is definitely something I recommend yeah. so
0: have you had a, a so you, I'm assuming you've got good luck with uh, doing collaborations?
1: Well personally well, like i mentioned i'm I'm not very experienced with this um, mm-hmm. again, since I am in the Netherlands and I want to be few English speaking youtubers over here. I haven't done many collaborations. Mm-hmm. I believe I only have like three or four of my channel mm-hmm. over the past ten years so but i I firmly believe that if I had done more my channel would have grown a lot quicker and a lot bigger as well.
0: Hmm. Well, it's never too late. Yeah, definitely. You can definitely. Still do it. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a great way to grow. I think it's it's a good way to grow once you have an established audience already and you're at a point where, you know, you it makes sense for you to work with someone around the same size and I'd say, you know, if you're beyond like 10, 20, 30,000 subscribers, then it makes sense when you're, you're collaborating with somebody who has a pretty good size audience as well. And you guys are kind of sharing that audience back and forth. I think mean, once oh, but you're. I'd
1: say, I'd say you can do it way earlier. I remember I, I believe I did one when I was around like 1,500 subscribers. Yeah. It can work at any size, as long as the other YouTuber is around the same size as you. Yeah. Or, you know, definitely if they're bigger, but you know, your chances are. Smaller of getting a collaboration like that, but this I I feel like this can definitely work in all sizes. And you know, when you are a smaller channel, then even twenty new subscribers are great. That's true. So if that's all you can gain from that, and a big bonus in my opinion is you get to meet with someone who does YouTube as well, and they have all these different insights and tips that you can use as well, and you can share knowledge, and
0: that is so valuable as well. That's true. I mean, having those relationships are so key. Mm -hmm. What is your best tip? Uh, for equipment Ooh, well I
1: do think um my best piece of equipment I think is my 50 millimeter lens for my Mm -hmm. DSLR camera um just because that gives that very professional look (laughs) that many people are drawn to it's a very kind of I'd say almost cheap trick but it just makes the background blurry and I feel like on first sight, many people say, oh, wow, professional, when they see a blurry background. So that's a really easy way to make people feel like your whole setup is really professional um, just by having that blurry background. And the, the lens isn't that big of an investment. The camera maybe, but you can get a little bit of a less expensive, like beginner's DSLR camera. And that way it isn't even that much of an investment, but it makes such a huge difference to the quality of your
0: videos. What would be like a beginner DSL, a DSLR camera that you would recommend? Oh, I have to admit, I'm not that knowledgeable
1: in this field of cameras. I usually just kind of try to find what most YouTubers are using, and then I buy that. Um, I personally use the Canon Rebel T5i, which was the most popular camera back mm-hmm. when I bought it
0: mm-hmm. a few
1: years ago. Yeah. Um, I'm sure they have like upgrades by now, but that's a really good one. It wasn't... I mean, it was pretty pricey. It was an investment, definitely, but it wasn't um in the thousands of dollars. So, definitely. Yeah.
0: Definitely and that blurry background is always that coveted YouTuber look that people mm-hmm. love. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this is the beauty bonus round. This is the last part of the interview and I so always start with the with the fun question and this is what are and since your hair, uh what are your three holy grail must-have hair products? Ooh.
1: Okay, number 1, dry shampoo every single day
0: and you could do a like specific brands and products Ooh,
1: uh okay i'm gonna say batiste batiste Mm -hmm. dry shampoo i -hmm. love that stuff Mm -hmm. it is affordable it is good it smells amazing i love it i use it every single day it's great second um i'm gonna say just plain old coconut oil Mm. just the stuff from the food store it is amazing it is the best thing for hair i have been using it for years consistently every single day I just use a little drop of coconut oil, work it through my ends and my lengths, and it makes the hair shiny, makes it soft, it nourishes the hair, and it is just fantastic for so many things. And you can also use it as a mask. You just soak your hair in it, root to tip, um, leave it on for a few minutes. If you want, you can wrap your hair in a towel to make it warm, and that helps it absorb a little bit better. Then you wash it out, and it's amazing. So let's see, number three... I actually really like, this (laughs) is going to be silly, Um, those kind of faux cord hair ties that are really popular right now, they are so good because they don't leave a kind of kink in your hair when you've had a ponytail in. So you can kind of go between wearing a ponytail and not wearing a ponytail throughout the day and your hair still looks amazing every time. And they're also wonderful if you have curls. So when I curl my hair and then I, uh, before I go to bed, I just put it in a bun using one of those foam cord hair ties just right on top of my head and that carries the curls through to the next day just perfectly
0: love it what what is it exactly well one of those hair ties
1: it looks like a foam cord, oh, is there foam a name cord.
0: For that? yes 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 yes, 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 yes. <laughs> the like the little yeah those are great and they really uh hold your hair really tight
1: Yes, I yes. love those. They're yes. amazing. Yes,
0: yeah, I'll link them in the in the show notes. Those are some really those are really good. You can find them anywhere. <laughs> but uh, you can. Yeah, get I, them. I'm
1: a I'm a low budget girl. If you yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: those are those are great. No, those are those are great tips. I'm curious with the coconut oil. How do you get it out though? Like, do you use a special shampoo? Do you just rinse it? Oh, you um just shampoo with your regular shampoo. You shampoo it afterwards, you only right? You Need two rounds, but yeah, yeah. it should come out. That's great. Yeah, coconut oil is great. It helps
1: if you apply the shampoo before you wet your hair. So just go straight in with the shampoo and only then step into the shower. That helps.
0: Mm, mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's interesting. I never tried that. So we talked about what you use for your camera, but what do you use to edit? What what do you use for sound and lighting? So for sound, I have a Rode microphone. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, Oh, let's see. What's it called? I believe it's the Go something something. for editing, I use Sony Movie Studio Platinum. I believe it's like the little brother mm-hmm. Sony Vegas for dummies. Okay. <laughs> it's much more user-friendly, kind of um, a beginner's version of Sony Vegas. So Sony Movie Studio. And I believe I have version 13 at the moment.
0: Great. And yeah. then, uh, okay, you said audio and then we ordered did video. Okay, great. What would you not do again if you were to start your YouTube channel right now? Oh, hmm.
1: I don't, hmm. I don't think there's anything I would have done differently. Well, obviously it's a different age on YouTube right now. So I would have gone in with um, better production quality straight away. But yeah, although I do think I have done pretty well, there aren't any videos that I'm embarrassed about or that I've taken down pretty much when you look back to my earlier videos everything's still there and um I, I can still stand behind all the videos that I've made so far
0: that's great now that I think of it. yeah that's great I wasn't expecting that but I do I do yeah I do think that's the case that's awesome uh, who would be your dream collaboration oh hmm. gosh
1: <laughs> you're asking difficult questions <laughs> um. I honestly don't know. I haven't thought about this at all because really? I'm so out of the whole collaboration thing.
0: Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Oh. Well, I you, you, you should you should think about it so that you can yes, put that definitely. out there one day and then you can get that big collaboration. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, this is something I need to put more thought into. Definitely.
0: You opened my eyes to this. <laughs> yes, yes, you should. Uh, well, that was your piece of advice for growing, right? Yeah, I know. I, I, I don't know why
1: I don't follow my own advice. I, I have a thing for that.
0: <laughs> you know, you're not the only one that's guilty of that, right? So it, it happens a lot. Yeah. You're like, okay, I, can, I, can, I know what I need to do. I just need to do it.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Um, what do you wish that you did do when you first started? I wish I had gone in with more of a
1: plan, um, hmm. kind of like a strategy and had more of a clearer view of where I was going with my channel and who I wanted to be and what I wanted to profile myself as. Because I feel like I can be a little bit all over the place even Mm -hmm. now with my videos, Um, which is good on the one hand. But I feel like if I had been more focused, it might have been better.
0: Definitely. Well, I mean, you started 10 years ago. Nobody, yeah. <laughs> nobody came on board with the strategy then, you know?
1: Yeah, that's the whole thing. I kind of just kind of rolled with whatever was happening yeah. and then all of a sudden it was a thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was a thing. You're like, oh my God, this yeah. is a thing. Yeah, This, <laughs> this is, is my life now. That's what's crazy.
1: Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: What is the biggest mistake you've made in your YouTube career?
1: I think, honestly, we're going back to the whole collaboration thing again, mm-hmm. but holding off on being part of the whole scene and YouTube mm-hmm. world in the Netherlands because I remember years and years and years ago like in 2010 again maybe I got contacted by a really big Dutch YouTuber who was like hey you have quite a bit of few subscribers like why do I not know who you are do you want to come to this meeting that we're having and I looked at his channel oh this is horrible I remember I was like 16 17 back Mm -hmm, then mm -hmm. I looked at his channel I was like oh my gosh no um, like I don't think I would fit in with all these people. I'm not sure I want to interact with them. Um, that this was a time when I was feeling like super alternative. I was a kind of a rebellious teenager and everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, oh no, these people are so mainstream, and I don't want to hang out with them.
0: Oh and really? I'll
1: totally distance myself from everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I think was the biggest mistake. Is if I had gone and I had made friends then, mm-hmm. then I think everything would have been different though. Mm.
0: Yeah. What was what was uh, uh, what was his channel about or what what was it that these people were talking about that you kind of got turned off by?
1: Well, I don't know if you remember, but back then you had this kind of type of video where a guy would just sit in front of his web- webcam and talk about something mm-hmm. with all these jump cuts, mm-hmm. um, like you'd go jump from one part of the screen to the other and just talk about random stuff. And if I'm not mistaken, that was called a vlogger back then. And that was what vlogs were, just sitting mm-hmm. down and talking about something. And they usually had this kind of like very hyper style of editing and talking as well. Um, so that was what he did, um, just sitting and talking about things. I remember, Oh, this was, was such a big thing back then. <laughs> yeah. I just completely remembered some people who were doing this. Um, so he was one of those. And I believe he did some gaming videos as well. A little bit later on gotcha it wasn't really something that i felt like hey i can really connect with you but i definitely should have done i I should have gone to the meeting that's my biggest regret
0: (laughs) well lucy you know it's never too late you just you it's never too late yeah you know i mean you you still can i I do go
1: now when i get Mm -hmm. invited i do go Mm,
0: oh you do (laughs) okay good (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, it's, you just, you never know, you know, there's, the, I mean, YouTube is still very, it's, I, I believe that YouTube is in its infancy in regards to the amount of influence that it's going to have mm-hmm. as a platform, as an entertainment medium. I mean, it's still so, so new in a lot of ways and there's so much future to it. So for anybody that's, that's in there now, and especially anybody that's in there with a following, you know, like you have, it's, it's you, light years ahead of the game.
1: Oh, definitely i i do feel very lucky for that mm-hmm. i just feel like if i had been there like 10 years ago yeah
0: it, it would have been so different yeah because you would have been there with with a group of people that were maybe you know still kind of growing and they, they been a part were, they of were
1: that. the core they were the core of that youtube back then mm-hmm. and they were like the, the most popular youtubers of the
0: moment yeah
1: and um, yeah, I felt
0: too cool to yeah. Too cool, yeah. And You're like, hey, I can't believe I could, I could think something like that, but yeah. No, I mean, you know what? We all that's that's. I mean, we all make mistakes, or we all, yeah, and, exactly. and the best thing is just to learn from it and look at it and be like, all right, you know, that's this is this is. I was a teenager. I mean, who hasn't done stupid things when they're a teenager, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it, it that that's that's what life's all about. Uh, but yeah. what is the smartest decision that you've made in your YouTube career?
1: Sticking it through mm-hmm. when the going got tough. Yeah. yeah. There have been a few moments when uh, things changed in the YouTube algorithm or just backstage and things didn't go as well with my channel or I dramatically dropped in views or income or both. And um, there have been a few times when I felt like just giving up and, you know, doing something else, but I never did. And I'm so glad that I just kind of soldiered through those times and yeah. kept going. Definitely. Um, if i had known back then where i am now it would have been so much easier and i definitely i wouldn't have had any doubts at all so it all works out in the end luckily mm-hmm. i'm just yeah. really glad that i did stick it through
0: yeah definitely i mean yeah if you knew then that you're like oh you're gonna have you know four hundred something thousand subscribers you know years later you'd be like oh yeah no yeah i am no worry in the world i know i'll be where i'm yeah, supposed to definitely. be Uh, And it's so much about mindset too. You know, that's why they say you want to envision where you're going to be in a few years. You want that mental state because that'll help you, you know, achieve those goals.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: What is your favorite video or the one that you're the most proud of? Oh,
1: well, there are a few episodes of my series Beauty Beacons uh, where I recreate the looks of historical beauty icons. That I'm really proud of. I have the kind of like real life uh, historical figures, and then I have a few fictional kind of historical figures that I also do. And I am really proud of some of those videos that just turned out really well. Um, for example, I did one on Elizabeth Swan from Pirates of the Caribbean, mm. and I love how that one turned out. And I also really like um, the Clara Bow one. Mm. That one turned out great as well. Yeah,
0: those that, that, that must be really nice uh it it sounds something like different and unique on youtube too
1: yes yes and i i enjoy doing those so much they are definitely something different um there aren't many people on youtube doing things like that and Mm -hmm. i enjoy making them
0: so much what is your favorite opportunity that you got as a result of being on youtube oh i
1: got to develop a perfume last year that was really really cool Yeah. That tell tell us few.
0: about that. That's really cool.
1: Well, I got an email from a company that were like, hey, we, we you know, offer this service that you can develop a perfume with us and kind of um, sell it. And is it something you'd be interested in? And I was like, yeah, sure. And then I kind of nagged them and harassed them. And <laughs> they made it exactly the way I wanted to. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I got to design the box and the label and pretty much everything and the scents and they were abroad so you know they sent samples over and I smelled them and I was like oh, we have to change this and that and that and then we brought it out and I sold a lot more than I was expecting actually um so I, I'm really really happy with that it's something I'm really proud of I still have the bottle here and I smell it every now and then like and I am kind of very careful not to use it up
0: <laughs> yeah that's so special that's what a, what a yeah. cool thing would you ever do that again Oh,
1: definitely. I mm. love doing that. That's, really, That's cool.
0: really cool. Yeah. And last question, what is your superpower? Meaning what traits do you have, abilities do you have that come naturally to you that have contributed to your success? Hmm. Uh, hmm. This is something I haven't thought about before either. (laughs) Let's see. Everybody has one.
1: I think it's staying realistic and relatable. Mm. I think that's something that my viewers appreciate about me. And it's something that really helps me make good videos that are the type of video that I would like to watch. Um, Yeah, I feel like sometimes YouTubers, when they get really big, they kind of lose themselves in that almost. Or, Well, it's natural, of course, that they just grow to a different stage in life. But I feel like that can often be disappointing to viewers Mm -hmm. uh, because they lose that connection to them. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I have stayed um, humble in a way and you know, still kind of normal and relatable. And I, I do feel like that is something that um people like about my videos, that they are still relatable and kind of girl next doorish. Yeah. In a way.
0: No, that's great. That that's perfect. Uh well thank you so much, Lucy, for being on the podcast, being on the show, being very honest and open with your journey and everything that has to do with being on YouTube and the behind the scenes. So it's been a real pleasure talking to you and getting to know you. Um thank you so much for
1: having me. Yes.
0: Where can people find you if they're not familiar with you and your channel?
1: Well of course on YouTube. My username is loopsy. That's L-O-E-P-S-I-E. And you can also go to my website which is loopsy.com. I blog there regularly. Um, and yeah, that's kind of where you can find me. You'll find all of my social media links on there as well.
0: All right, Lucy. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Well, there you go. That is our interview. And if you enjoy this, please give the podcast a review. It helps so, so much. I will see you next week.